Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Today's guest is Cammie Scott. She is a content creator, host of the Uneducated Podcast, and is an LGBTQ plus advocate. We had so much fun with Cammie. She gives the best advice And she's always providing a safe place for people to be themselves. And that is what the Girl Powerful Podcast is all about. Hi, everyone. This is Teddy. And Sonia. And we're here today with Cammie Scott, the most influential content creator we know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being on, Thanks for being here, Cammie. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Good morning. morning. It's actually very early and all of us are pretty chipper and I'm proud of I was just going to say your, your intro, you toned it down so much trying to like be professional while we were just like cracking up. (laughs) Kind of. Well, yeah, going into that and how we were feeling pre hitting record, what makes you feel most alive? Ah, that is a good question. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I feel like that's changed a lot with this last year because normally I'd be like traveling or going, getting out of my comfort zone, which isn't happening. Um, I think lately I've been feeling most alive when I'm finding ways to connect with people that are different than usual. I'm such an introvert that a lot of times I get overwhelmed in big social settings anyways. So having more one-on-one time, whether it be Zoom call interviews or definitely doing my podcast, having deeper conversations with people and a lot of times people who think a bit differently than I do makes me feel alive. It like reminds me that there's life out there. Yeah, <laughs> totally. definitely. I'm going through the same thing. I just signed up for a 200-hour meditation teacher training mm-hmm. and it, like the old me, like there's a forum and everyone's chatting and like saying like how they meditated, where they were, pictures of their cats and all that stuff. And like before COVID, I would be like, oh my God, these people are annoying. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're like, send me more. But now it's kind of interesting. And like, I'm like changing my perspective on how to connect with people and like commenting and interacting because, you know, they're putting themselves out there because I Mm -hmm. feel like that's how they can connect with other people. And I'm like, I need to be more like that. Yeah, we're like craving those personal connections, however we can get them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's nice. You guys are both nice. I was in yoga teacher training and pretty much got kicked out because I couldn't handle <laughs> like that. I was like, you're too different. I've got to go. <laughs> Everyone has their own ways. Yeah, of definitely. And that makes me feel alive being like, actually, I'm going to go seek out someone that wants to do something similar to me, like yeah. hike or give my dog a bath. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so at Girl Powerful, we work with teen and tween girls. And it's all about f- celebrating your capabilities and strengths to build a strong sense of self. So we're always curious about our guests and what they were like. What was the 12-year-old version of Cammie? Yeah, I, I think 12-year-old Cammie thought she had it together. I think 12-year-old Cammie thought- That's cool. She, I, I, she really did. Look, hindsight- nearly 30 cami knows 12 year old cami did not have it <laughs> but i think you know i think 12 year old me knew that i was quote unquote a little different and that it it might not be okay now but it would be okay i think i always had that sense of peace and like i don't want to say it gets better cuz i don't really enjoy that term but i think i knew that that I just needed time and I would come into my own and I would find my people. And a part of that hindered me because I, it was like a waiting game where I was just like, Oh, it's okay. I don't, I don't need to have really, really close friends or I don't need to share myself with everyone. Cause I'll have my time. So mm-hmm. I think I, I wasted a few years when I was younger and I wish I would have kind of just accepted who I was and allowed people the opportunity to accept me. I think I, I expected people not to accept me for who I was for whatever, whatever reason, whether it was just the fact that I was gay or just anything about me. I, I, I made a decision to kind of hide that from a lot of people, even my closest friends, so that I wouldn't have to deal with anyone not liking me. And I wish I gave people that opportunity to, cause you don't know how someone's going to react until you allow them how interesting. to react. Like, yeah. Give them the option of accepting you or rejecting you. And then you being yeah. either Ex- way. Exactly. And I think I had those conversations in my head, whether it be with friends or strangers prior to having them. So yeah, I think 12 year old Cammie was aware things would change and evolve, but she was, she was timid and afraid to accept herself. So she projected that on everyone else, not accepting her. Sure. That makes right. a lot of sense. Where were you? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And so do you think that that had anything to do like with the Pittsburgh culture of like not being as inclusive? Um, no, actually yeah. I feel like I, I went to like a predominantly white high school, I didn't see a lot of diverse on any level, whether it be sexuality or race. I, there wasn't a lot going on, but I was very, I was 10 minutes from downtown Pittsburgh and it was very diverse. So I feel like Pittsburgh is generally pretty accepting. I didn't see a lot of hate. Like I didn't even see bullying in my high school until I think I saw like two guys get into an argument once during lunch, one time, all of high school, which I know is very rare for a lot of people. I didn't see, well, I didn't even realize it was bullying. Like, I think it was more of like the petty stuff between actual friends instead of like the mean popular girls to everyone else. That's not how my reality was. It's not interesting. It's It's always during lunch. It's during lunch and it's always someone that you 
think is your friend. Yeah, it's the yeah the friend on friend crime is really yeah. It's, it's not like a football player just like walking by and hitting a nerd into a locker. Like, yeah, I've never seen that. I've never seen that either. Yeah, it's yeah it's the people who are supposed to have your back and be yeah. accepting that are like judging you for every move you make. But yeah, um, yeah, I think Pittsburgh was quite diverse. I think my issues with not disclosing myself was it, it was all all a me issue. Nobody else, no one around me showed that they wouldn't accept me. It was fully internalized fear of, I don't know, just expecting the worst. Yeah. When did that internal dialogue kind of shift? And did you, what did you use to kind of get out of that? Even if you didn't know I'm like healing myself or I'm growing, mm-hmm. did you, was there a moment where you kind of were like, oh, I'm going to treat myself better. I'm going to be kinder to myself. Yeah, I think it was a very, very slow process. I don't think there was any one moment that switched it. But I, as I got into college, I noticed how much it was hindering me, how I would make new friends. And I feel like those first couple weeks of college are so crucial. You kind of find your people. Oh, yeah. 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 And I, I started to do that. And as soon as I would get close with someone and they would even ask me, not an invasive question, but just like, a, how are you dating anyone? Like very basic surface level things, I would freeze up and I'd like ghost them as friends and just stop hanging out. Wow. And I was going home a lot on the weekends. I had a girlfriend at the time. So I kind of put all of my energy and all of myself into my relationship, which was so incredibly unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I started to notice that that was really hindering me in my personal growth and my ability to create connections with people. And I started to notice as my ex and I started fighting a lot. I noticed how important that was. Um, I ended up transferring colleges and there was a lot of people from my high school at that new college and word had gotten out that I was gay. And I had so many people come up to me and just be like, I had no idea. Like, that's awesome. I'm so proud of you for just being yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was wild to see that. And I think n- noticing other people not caring made me stop caring. But I mean, it was years after that, that I started feeling comfortable with just even saying I'm gay. Like I would have to pet myself up every time I would say it years after I was out to most people, just a stranger. I would like, I think it became habit where I would make up an excuse and just be like, I don't know. I have, I have a boyfriend. I would say all the time (laughs) if I got hit on at a bar instead of like, I'm gay. And yeah, I think it was just a long process of realizing that I was fully happy with who I was so that it, I stopped caring what other people thought. Yeah. Do you think anyone's sexuality is anyone else's business? And like when you did come out, was it freeing or did you feel labeled? Yeah. You know, I think there's two sides to this. I used the idea of, oh, it's not anyone's business. And why should anyone care as a cop out for a long time personally, Mm -hmm. where I was like, I don't have to tell anyone. What does it matter? I'm not trying to date them. They're not trying to date me. They don't need to know who I'm interested in. Um, And I think there is a lot of truth to that. There's, we kind of get forced into labeling ourselves. And then I think it creates this fear of changing labels as you grow and evolve. And I've seen that happen to a lot of different people who kind of fear if they said, oh, I'm gay. And then they end up, I've seen so many girls be in relationships with girls and then later in with a guy and kind of getting shunned from the community, which is 
quite confusing because Mm -hmm. you were accepted for loving who you want to love and now you're being shunned for that same reason. Um, But yeah, I used, I think that is fully valid and you don't need to come out to anyone if you don't want to. Just make sure you don't want to and you're not using that as a, oh, I don't have to, so I'm not going to because I'm actually just scared. Well, right. I don't like, I don't know, but I would feel like it's not, it wouldn't be like healthy to like have to hide or like to not have your girlfriend come to campus or, you know, go to the mall and hold hands. Well, it's you free. Right. I feel like that would fit into all categories of life. We do. We do have girls that Sonia and I as teachers and mentors, we feel like they probably are gay and that's never come out of their mouths and we've known them for years. And I'm just curious, like, cause there are going to be teen girls listening to this. Like, what is your advice? And obviously it feels, when it feels right, it feels right. And that's when you share it with people, but a little deeper than that, do you have any advice of how to come out to your parents or your friends or a teacher just so you or can, even if you're just in, internally struggling, right. Or write it down in your journal. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think the, first and the best advice I can give is to the people in the lives of the person trying to come out. We read into everything. There are so many comments that friends or family members said that I've talked to them since and they don't have any recollection of saying something, but it carried so much weight in my heart when I was struggling with trying to come out and struggling to accept myself. So little comment. Can you give an example of that? Yeah. I remember one time my mom has been supportive since day one, but it took me a long time to come out to her because I was just terrified that it would change our relationship. And one time she said to me, you're not gay, are you? And she didn't mean to phrase it that way. But in my head, I was like, oh, she's hoping that I'm not. Mm -hmm. She is saying like, you're not this, right? Like, please don't be this. And she, like I said, she has no recollection of saying that whatsoever. It was a throwaway comment to her, but to me that showed I'm not going to accept you. So I think if you are questioning someone in your life might be gay, don't just ask them. That could make them extremely uncomfortable. I had a random guy in high school be like, are you gay, Cam? And he he didn't mean to be rude, but I panicked. Just (laughs) Throw out little comments of support, whether you're watching a show and there's a gay couple on it. Maybe you're, the show's just boring. Keep it on. Say something about it. Say something about how they're a cute couple or just, just normalize it for that gay person in your life. I think that's where I can really give advice to the uh. people who aren't questioning their sexuality. Yeah. Um, that's good for, advice. Yeah, that is good advice. Yeah, I think it's important. And for those who are questioning themselves or wanting to come out to somebody, I think to start with, with your family members, because I think that's maybe the scariest. I think with friends, a lot of times we feel a lot more safe, Mm -hmm. but understand that they might take some time and that a poor reaction or an underwhelming reaction doesn't mean a bad reaction. Your parents have been thinking about you and who you are since before you were born. Mm -hmm. I think about what my future kids will be like, and there's no way they're going to be exactly that. So they just need some time to kind of reframe and rethink. A lot of times if you have traditional parents there, my mom was worried that I wasn't going to get married. And I was like, what do you mean? Of course I'm going to get married. I want kids. Like nothing else about me changes. So I give the people in your time 
in your life time to process, like you needed time to process with yourself. And that doesn't mean that they are not going to accept you and love you. So I think coming out once you feel good about yourself makes it easier. I regret taking a really long time, but in hindsight, it worked out because I felt so confident in who I was once I was coming out. I didn't care if I got a negative reaction. I was at a place where I felt good and I knew I was going to surround myself with people who were supportive and loving. So if people didn't, it was easier to let them go. I luckily didn't have to let people go, but I was fully prepared to do that. Um, So yeah, find your little support system. Tell the people that are going to help you feel comfortable with who you are and who are going to lift you up. And then you can expand that as you feel comfortable. There's no rush. There's no like timetable of you having to do it. Yeah. It's definitely not a one size fits all situation. Exactly. Most things in life aren't, but definitely this. And thanks for being so truthful. It's really helpful. Yeah. And I love that you touched on loving yourself and being confident with yourself. So I love you because I think you're impacting hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people with your messaging and your content. Yeah. But what is your, like, what has been your journey on self-love? Like, do you use rich self-love rituals? Do you do I am statements? Yeah, I've started to use a lot more I am statements. I I didn't used to. I feel like my self-love wasn't, like, I didn't have a whole playbook. It was just a process. Um, but I've started to a lot more, I think, especially when it comes to my appearance and feeling insecure on days, like how I look, I try to, while I'm getting ready, I just tell myself, I'm like, you're hot. You're yeah. awesome. Like, you're spicy. hot. <laughs> spicy. Yeah, I'm like, you look great. And cool. even when I'm feeling not that at all, I don't, I try to cut the negative talk from my head, no matter what, no matter how low I'm feeling. I don't say it out loud. I don't say it in my head to myself. Um, My girlfriend and I like to start the day and say, I'm going to have a great day. And I think that's my favorite I am statement because it's all encompassing that it's like, yeah, oh my God, I'm going to have the best day. And it really works because when little minor inconveniences pop up, you don't take it to heart as much. You're like, no, I'm going to have a great day. It's okay. It's (laughs) fine. So I think that's my self-love and that's my talk to myself. I love that. That's a good vibration to be on. Yeah. Yeah. I did a meditation yesterday at like 5 p.m. And in the meditation, the the teacher said like, what do you want the rest of your day to look like? And normally you're like, well, it's five o'clock. It's over, motherfucker. But (laughs) in my head, I was like, well, I can enjoy some dinner with my sister. I can walk my dog. I can let some stuff go that happened like in my personal life and like it's always, it's never too late to like start or like refresh at noon and be like, I'm going to have a good day. Even though I just yeah. got that parking ticket, I'm going to have a good day now, you know, and give yourself that clean slate. And I think it's yeah. a really powerful affirmation. I love that. Yeah, it really helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, so what do you think about mo- like all the rituals and I am statements and positive self-talk and like this huge push and boom of wellness like on the internet and I think like when you're talking about your journey it's like we didn't have all this stuff in our faces like the kids do now Mm -hmm. do you think that it's like an extra pressure for everyone to like always be like so mindful and so like their best selves and all the stuff that you kind of don't have all that time that you're talking about for that journey and that process to come through naturally yeah oh my gosh yeah I 
even, even the way I started to respond and was like, well, I don't like do specific things. I'm not meditating for an hour a day. I think it's a balance. Um, I mean, Teddy, you and I have talked, I feel like every time we talk about the pendulum swinging and I feel like it's, it's back to that. It's, we, we need to see it and recognize that it's an important part of self-care and self-care isn't just doing a face mask, but it, it, you got to do it how it works for you. There's no one set for everyone of like, you have to say your I am statements in the mirror every morning. You have to journal for an hour. You have to meditate. You have to do what fits into your life and what works for you. Cause if you're not believing it, it's not going to work. If you look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. And you just go in your head, you go, that's not true. I'm ugly. That's not going to work. You have to do what works for you. And I think there should be zero pressure on a world of self-love. It's okay if you're not there. It's okay if you're hard on yourself. We all are. Even the top people online that are on Instagram preaching that they like have the best self-care and self-love have their moments. And I think that's normal. And we need to continue to normalize that because we're not always going to feel like we're hot and awesome and cool. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny, like some like wellness gurus or influencers and then like, yes, everything they put out super positive and then they all have like a mental breakdown and post the crying picture, <laughs> but I don't really like the crying picture. I'm like, I get you're trying to be like vulnerable. authentic and vulnerable and I cry too, but I'm like, where's the middle? That's the pendulum. Like, it's like, you went too far, sister. Like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it gets I'm, confusing. It's I like, wait, you were just I think so happy. Things that are our private moments. And it's mm-hmm. like, if I, and like, you probably can speak more to this, but like, you have a big online community and you do feel comfortable talking to your fans or your, you know, your community. Mm-hmm. And you probably want to share those good, juicy moments with them. But, Even like, I don't know, you just shared something about your personal life with us before we filmed. And I don't think I saw that on your, on your posting. So it's like, (laughs) how do you know? Like, like, do you align? Yeah, is there a line? And like, I feel like if you are a self-care person on the internet, I don't know. It's just kind of confusing to me. I feel like. Yeah. I don't have like a. You're human, but they make themselves like. Available. Available and like non-human they're like I have done all these things Mm -hmm. you know and I'm I'm happy I'm happy (laughs) yeah I don't know how you find that exact balance I feel like I I don't overthink it when I'm sharing I personally have never posted when I'm crying and having like a (laughs) mental breakdown I do have them and I do talk about them I share that I'm just not I I don't find it natural to whip out a camera. I'm very, it's very odd that this is my job because I'm, I don't naturally think to, I think experience and then share. Um, especially when it's like a really vulnerable, difficult moment. Um, I I'd rather recap and share my experience after and tell people what I went through and how I got through it than be like, crying today mental breakdown today but that I is like our world you. and I'm like you <laughs> I think it's it's up. fine yeah it's fine if people want to do that but it's yeah. not what I it's not my go-to <laughs> how do you get inspired to create because you're a professional creator so do you ever have days where you're like oh I can't right every, every day every yeah, day how do, you, how do you like get your mojo going or yeah, yeah, our cute outfit gets sent over and you have to post it. It's like, oh man, I was comfy. Yeah. Oh, I think. Or my, I period. Ugh. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh God. I, 
I think that's my key is I never want to have to do something. So I really try to focus on the time management and allowing myself ample amounts of time to get stuff done so that if I'm not in the mood, I don't have to. So on a day where I'm feeling myself and I do my makeup and it just happens to look really good or I'm having good hair day, I'll try to shoot a bunch of content that day because I know I'm feeling good about myself and that it's going to be a breeze. On a day I'm feeling like lazy or vegging out, I edit on those days so I can just like zone out, be on my computer, be in my sweats, not do my hair and makeup all day. So I think kind of like knowing myself and I know the waves I come in of like having all this energy and wanting to like go, go, go get stuff done. So I do it. I get all that stuff done. And then when I'm feeling down, I know I have the bank of content that I can either post or I can edit. Um, Yeah. I don't know how people do it when they feel like, oh, I have to create a video today. I also just won't do it. Like if I I miss a day, I'll skip a week posting a video. Like I think anyone who knows me, anyone listening who follows me knows that I go on like spurts of not posting, (laughs) which is scary because that's not, not great career advice for anyone who is an influencer. But I have to for my mental health. I know my audience is going to see right through that. If I'm forcing myself, the content's not going to perform well. I'm going to hate it and want to take it down later. So I just, I don't force myself to be creative. Okay. I'm going to totally do a 180 right now and ask you. <laughs> I'm, scared. I'm scared too. I you know what the question is and the last uh, guest wouldn't answer it. And I know you're going to answer it and there's some pressure. Oh, I'll answer it. This will spark some, some like content you can make yeah. okay. <laughs> okay ready mm-hmm. who would you prank call if you could give a if prank calling was legal who would you call is it not legal no oh no oh. sister i used to get in so much trouble with the police for prank calling oh my god i and would it I be like a was... funny thing or would you try to scare him with like your scream voice or something like that oh no i think i would do something funny or like one of my favorite pranks, this is actually so mean actually, but I'm just, whatever, I'm going to hear it. One thing like I I feel like myself and a lot of my friends do, I don't know why it's like an ongoing like April Fool's joke is to be like, did you mean to post that nude to your story? (laughs) Like that's what we normally go for where it's not like I'm pretending to be someone else. You just like scare the crap out of someone and no one typically falls for it, but Oh no, I've seen videos on TikTok where they say and they film their friend and they're like, what? And they're like looking, (laughs) frantically checking everything on their phone. Yeah, I fall for it all the time because I'm always accidentally clicking stuff on my phone. Like when I'm holding it, I think it'd be so easy for me to accidentally post something from my camera roll. Even the other day, I went to save a photo and I was in the picture and I, I think I like just upload it to my Google Docs or something, but I click something and then it said post. And I was like, oh no. And oh. I thought I tweeted it. <gasps> I was pretty sure it was something I did not want people to see. <laughs> but I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it. So if it's out there. Someone would let you know, probably. I would think, but who knows? How about the people that totally like get like canceled because of some like dick pic or nudie pic? And then Chris Evans that sends his dick pic to the internet and then Disney just covers it up and he gets to move on. That went life. away in like Which 24 I hours. I screenshotted yeah. it because I knew it would and I look at it every day and I say, <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> no, but can we talk about the double standard? Double standard. That is a such a double standard. It would be news for months. Yeah. That's and if anything, it should just be like, 
protecting that person that their personal photos got out, which is so wildly inappropriate and looking into how it got out and who leaked that, not being like, oh my God, can you believe enter woman celebrity's name right. took this picture. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Most of us have. Who hasn't taken yeah. like She's a nudie? Somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if I were ScarJo or whoever, I'd be naked every day, all day. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, my whole camera roll would be nude. Yeah. I don't need to send anybody else. It'd be like what you say in the mirror. I'm hot. Look at me. I'm hot. I'm hot. <laughs> exactly. It's like, why are we judging people for like taking a photo of their own body and sending to someone that they're like in a consenting relationship with and then you have like I have like dick pics in my dms from unsolicited dick pics I I might add yeah by people I don't know these people that's that should be illegal don't send me that that's wrong if my new gets leaked I didn't do anything wrong like I'm not like mass sending it out to people (laughs) right but maybe that should go back to the prank call you start screenshotting all these wieners and tag the guy and just put it out there that's a good thing to do on valentine's i think that would be illegal (laughs) (laughs) oh well it's their fault they started it that's what i yeah yeah, if you're gonna send it to me it's mine now and i can send it to i want yeah i don't think it works (laughs) oh okay i'm confused Teddy's gonna go to jail. Yeah, and Teddy like wants to be the mayor someday. Yeah, I, I no. have like government official. I'm not sure of what city, but she <laughs> wants to be the mayor. She has a specific hat she wants to wear yeah. every day, walking around town. I do. When I watch oh, the Eyes Water Showman, you know the Greatest Showman. He's like mm-hmm. so like razzle dazzle. I'm like. Sonia, we need to walk down Main Street in Santa Monica with top hats on from now on. <laughs> like a cane and top hat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, go have fun, Teddy. Can I you imagine? <laughs> I can't cool. imagine you doing that, actually. I, mean, I can, it would I can see it now. Oh, in high school, I used to, this is weird, but I'll tell you. <laughs> I used to dress as a like blind person, which isn't funny, but I'd put on this whole outfit and I walk in the walls and like do all this like weird stuff. And Teddy, there was, yeah. there so was someone like, in everyone's high school who did that. Was that just like a thing? <laughs> well, it might have been on Jackass or something. And I was like, we were Great. obsessed with Jackass. Yeah, mm. but just to, she would prank her friends. And so, like, if our friend Kelly was at a oh, concert, right. Teddy would go in and be like, "I'm looking for my friend Kelly. I need She's, a ride. I need a ride." And the bouncer <laughs> would let blind Teddy person. in. And oh, what? Uh, we can try to help you, but it's like at a music venue downtown. Oh, so my. Why? It's life. <laughs> I wasn't making fun of anybody. I was just being silly. I love media. I still do. <laughs> I've been a storyteller my whole life. Oh, my. I, I mean, you were definitely confident as a kid. Yes, I, I couldn't was. even go talk to strangers. You were like fully faking that you were blind to get through sunglasses at night they do a lot oh my god we'd also hide under trees (laughs) what we'd hide under trees at golf courses thanks johnny knoxville because during golf tournaments at the country club Mm -hmm. and we'd blast foghorns when they would swing back tee off Oh. They'd be like shaking their clubs at us, being like, "Get the hell off!" You know, off of this lawn, blah blah blah. And we're like under the trees, <laughs> ruining a tournament. Yeah, we were. Did you ever get caught? Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh no! Oh no! 
pretty bad. Really. Yeah, my all the neighborhood. <laughs> what? I'm not gonna. It's share so that bad. One. I don't think oh. we. But it share. Does, it is. I'll just remind everyone. Prank calling is illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super legal. My all the neighborhood kids and I used to throw rocks at cars passing by. Oh, oh! You're mad that I think being blind. <laughs> you're like a total terrorist. Yours is worse. <laughs> Yeah, no, we like I don't think we thought it was gonna like hit them. We'd like throw it at the ground. But one time someone hit the car and <laughs> and they like pulled over and chased us up the hill. We got away, but that's what happened to me. And we would throw water balloons. Oh yeah. Teddy would hide at behind the a cars. telephone pole. Yeah, at mm-hmm. the cars. And there's a neighborhood pool and it would hit the windshield. And this one guy was an off-duty cop. Yeah. <gasps> and so she ran in and went in the guy's bathroom and he ran in and goes, Where's the girl? And oh, the lifeguard no. was like, she's in the bathroom. Oh, no. You know, you had to tell him. And then Teddy ran through the other, like, like they were like across the hallway from each other. And then she ran through the other bathroom and like got in her car yeah. and ran away. And he chased I her. I hopped in that Honda Accord <laughs> and drove 100 miles an hour. And he chased me. And then he oh, called my, my mom. He found, because of my license plate, he called my mom and, and said, your daughter's a reckless driver. And she, I I chased her and she's a bad little girl. (laughs) (laughs) We were all little terrors growing up. We were were bored. We were so bored, man. We were good kids. I got straight A's, but I like to try to feel alive. But that's like what you said earlier. Like you experience things and then you post about it. We yeah. were just experiencing all the time. We didn't have to post it. Thank God. <laughs> or, oh, God. Can you or imagine we post about this stuff? We I would know. be uber famous. <laughs> Which, you know, True. could have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> we could would have been, been the new jackass. Yeah, we would have been the girl version or like totally just the simple life wouldn't happen. Sorry, oh, Paris, yeah. yeah, that's boring compared to what we were up to. True. Right? <laughs> What is a reality show you watch? Do you watch reality TV or is that just- Oh my God, I love reality TV. It's like my big guilty pleasure. Love it all. Love like I watch The Bachelor. Love Island's my favorite. Okay, wait. Oh yeah. What's up with this guy kissing with his eyes open? Oh, I don't know. It's so disturbing. (laughs) It's But when he kissed Michelle, the newer girl who came in, who he's like clearly in love with, he shut his eyes. Yeah. And it reminded me of um, mm. what's a movie where they pop? They talk about the toe pop. Oh yeah, I don't know, but what your movies ever, notebook. You know what I mean? The notebook. Oh, <laughs> I think it might be Princess Diaries. Toe pop. Is yeah, it? I think it. I could don't know. Be. Where it's like when you're really in love with something, you like yeah. toe pops. Well, that makes sense. He probably feels safe with her. So. Yeah, yeah. He's like scared of everyone, so he's just like making out, and his eyes are like. He's like, is the producer? Is this enough? <laughs> is this enough kissing? Is this what <laughs> you want? Is this probably yeah most likely right. i don't know it creeps me out though he's got to shut those eyes but he's like t- he's he has some humor with it he's like posted stuff online about it yeah. i'm glad he can joke about yeah. all of america being like shut your damn eyes <laughs> <laughs> i think he's nice because i think he genuinely does care about people's feelings and i've never heard a yeah. man on that show talk like that but mm. i also think that chris harrison is out of no. control, a jerk for like making the women fight like two a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's absurd. Have you guys seen the show? It's scripted, but it's called Unreal and it's like kind of based that. off of like behind the scenes of The Bachelor. That's how I feel like this season really is. There's just, I mean, every season I'm sure there's so much manipulation and editing, but it's so obvious this season how much right. there's been. 
And it's just, it's icky. And I, as a viewer, I feel myself like judging these women for how they're acting. And then I have to remind myself, like most of this stuff is not accurate depictions of who they are. They're being so manipulated to be this way, but it's hard. And it's just gross how much they like are enjoying and getting off on these women fighting. Like it's icky. And that's, it doesn't show how most women are like, it feels like this intense mean girl culture, which I don't see. I don't have friends like that. Like I don't know women like this. It's like, like a time warp. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like what we grew up watching, what we're, we were like supposed to act like. And it's like, everyone's evolved so much and we're just the real people. Yeah. I was just disappointed watching it. I don't like how they're like normalizing it, which is why I love that spoiler. If anyone's behind on the bachelor, which I doubt you are. Um, (laughs) I love that he sent home the mean girls. He's like, yeah. he, did, he was like, I appreciate that you are taking ownership and that you're going to learn from this. Sure. I've made my mistakes. I've said stuff I didn't mean, but there's consequences and yeah. your bags. I was like, yes, yes, there you go. It was perfect. Yeah, he is. He's interesting. We'll see what happens. We're just waiting for Tyler Cameron to come on there. Well, wait, so just to wrap up this whole combo, it's been really fun and real. And obviously we went on a tangent, which is great, (laughs) but like during all this like reflective time to like, you know, dig into who you are, I feel like everyone last year has really had extra time on their hands Mm -hmm. and maybe that was a negative for a lot of people, but I feel like you look at the positive, you look at the glass half full. What is the great takeaway of the past year for you and something that you can leave with our audience and a little inspiration just to like leave them with something, a good feeling. Yeah. I think I've learned to focus on intention with everything, whether it's the company I surround myself with, the things that I'm doing, like just being really aware of what I'm doing in the moment and that everything has its purpose. Like even from, I decluttered my whole house the other day and got rid of stuff that I don't need. And I I was wearing pants that I've had for years. And my girlfriend was like, I love those pants. Are they new? I was like, no, I just haven't worn them in a year because I had too much crap Mm -hmm. that I didn't appreciate them. So I think like valuing quality over quantity in every aspect of my life, even with friends. Um, Yeah. I just think I'm, I'm way more intentional with everything I do and I think if everyone like put more effort into that, you'd be a lot happier. So just, yeah, take inventory of what's around you and the energy and the things and make sure you're surrounding yourself with things that like lift you up and, and make you feel good. I love that, Cami. Thank you so much for your time and your fun and your open heart. And we appreciate you. Thank yeah. you. This was so fun. Thanks for sharing all the illegal things you did. <laughs> Yeah, oh you boy. don't even know the half of it. We just cannot share. We'll do that some other time, not record. We can privately speak about yeah. it. But what can we expect from you in the next six months? Oh, um, a lot of content, house content. I am moving. I bought a house with my girlfriend. So Woo! that's probably all you're going to be seeing because I'm so excited to like move and decorate and have my first home. It's oh, wild. Um, accomplishment. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So a lot of that. And then, yeah, the podcast, that's what I'm really focusing on. I'm having those fun conversations with different types of people. So podcasting and working on the house. (laughs) Uneducated podcast is what she's talking about. And I love that you took care of your home, your body and your soul. And now you can 
build a home that's physical outside of yourself. I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, have a good day, Cammie. We love you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Love you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.